podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kalza Show. You can hear the smile on my face. Not a big fan of these late kickoffs on a Sunday. They completely ruin my schedule. But you know what? The Reds win and sometimes it's well worth the wait. Finally, you know, a positive result to talk about. And I'm so excited and, you know, um, there's plenty to talk about. But before we get to that and I introduce my guest, let me just inform you that this show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs where you get a massive 25% off everything using the coupon code AIVPN. Liberty Shields offers free VPN apps for iOS, Android, Amazon Fire Stick, Mac and Windows. Right, back to this result. 2-0 against Sheffield United. Happy, happy days. And joining me on this podcast because I like a challenge. You know what? I like to confuse myself. So let me introduce my guest. This will be fun. First up, it is a familiar voice, and you know, I'm just gonna call him my friend now. It's Dave Horrocks. Hi, Dave. Hey there, Nina. How's it going? It is great. It is so good to be on here. And I was a bit nervous because I'm thinking again, we've not had a good 2021, have we? So, mm. you know, when I said, you know, we, we'll come on tonight, I thought, oh, maybe I am jinxed. Maybe Nina's right. <laughs> um, so, fortunately, it, it feels pretty good to get on when we've not got beaten again. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? I, I think the one that really adds to your jinxiness um, is, is Sam, Sam Evans. Uh, you know, just, just going to put that out there because he's not here. So I could throw him under oh, the bus. Harsh. Uh, yeah, he's not here to defend himself. And you know what? He's quite mean on me. And on this podcast, making his debut, but he has been a caller. It's, it's Dave's namesake, Dave Davis. Welcome to the show. Hey, Nina. Hey, uh, Hi. It's, Literally similar to similar to what the other Dave said. It's literally just a mix tonight, isn't it? It's eighty percent happiness, ten percent relief, and ten percent like, did that happen? Did we actually win a game in twenty twenty one in the league? But we did. So happy days, eh? Happy days. Absolutely happy days. And you know what? Because I get confused, I'm going to call you Horrocks and I'm going to call you Davis and you can call me Kalza. And I think this way we do not get confused. Otherwise, I'm like Roberta Firmino. I don't know who to pass to. Dave, what do you think? And you both just sat there. So that's what we're going to go with, people. That is the only way we can function on this um, show. And um, Davis, you're absolutely spot on because I was actually speaking to my sister about this actually last night. And she goes, you know what? Last year I took it, last season I took it for granted. I used to count my three points before we even kicked a ball. Yeah, I think that, that's fair to say. You did, didn't you? You just assumed, you just expected. And now you pray, let's be honest. You start praying <laughs> in the last few months, no two ways about it. Yeah, I mean, I might as well share something because we're all friends here. I'm just going to let you know on, on something. I was actually praying when Curtis Jones scored, so I'm counting that as an assist for me. Nice. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Can you do the same for the rest of the season? Yeah. I might have to, you know. I might have to. The way things are going, no. But on a serious note, guys, let's let's get back to the football. Um, 
I think, you know, Emma, we're just really happy that Liverpool have won and, you know, climbing up that table because that's essential. So, Horrocks, I'll come to you. I mean, team lineup, anything that surprised you? I think there's a lot of talk about Jota and, um, you know, he's well. I think um, Alisson being absent made complete sense. I don't think anyone questioned that for a minute. He'd have to be um, an absolute monster, you know, to what him in nets. But um, your thoughts about the lineup? Well, I, I think there's always. It, it's a it's a player's personal choice, isn't it? Once they've had a bereavement, I remember Titi Camera years ago. Um, his father unfortunately passed away, but then he wanted to play and he ended up scoring a goal. It, it was one of the most emotional things I think I've seen on a football pitch. But um, yeah, so he's in, and then you're thinking, all oh, right, okay, so Keller's done well. Oh wait, nope, he's injured. Oh damn it! So we, we've got Adrian at the back, and then so so the sweats start. You know, we hear about Jota, he's back, he's fit, but he's ill now. And you're like, oh, fuck this season, <laughs> you know. And uh, I'm watching the start of the, the match on Sky and you've got Roy Keane saying, look, Sheffield United have, have lost 20 out of 25 games. Surely they've got to go and beat them. And, and I'm thinking, I'm not that confident. So, yeah, I think the, there weren't too many surprises. But considering, Nina, I've been moaning on all season about just play centre-backs in centre-back positions. Mm-hmm. We've got that for the first time in a while. And I'm not saying that we look rock solid at the back, but, you know, we've come away with a clean sheet. All right. You know, they don't have a great record, Sheffield United. But uh, I, I think there's a lot to be positive. I think, uh, I, I've got to say, I just love Nat Phillips. I, I don't think he's ever. I don't think he's going to make a player for us long term. But I just love his no nonsense style. <laughs> you know, he sort of looks a second slower, you know, than the the real top class centre backs. But uh, no, so I was really happy to see two centre backs in their positions starting for us. But uh, yeah, I was, I, I, it's fair to say I was still quite nervous going into the game. Did I drop off? You still there? And I was on mute. You know, starters, you mean to go on. You know, the, the most professional show that you will find on Anfield Index. I kid you not. This is what happens when we're live. I mean, no, I think you're absolutely spot on. And I think, you know, that's a good shout about to camera again, because I was having another conversation. And, you know, the, I, you know, I did see a lot of people saying, oh, so I'm guessing he's out for Saturday, you know, for the Sunday game. And I was like, that shouldn't be your first thought. But, you know, some people actually believe that, you know, playing just, you know, he's on, you know, it just sort of takes your mind off things. I think it's a, it's an individual choice and you have to just completely, completely respect that. And, you know, I'm, I'm itching to see Jota come on soon, but we did see some players and, you know, you're spot on about the defenders and, um, Dell kind of lets us know that he, um, is, uh, he's kind of putting a point there saying that Adrian got a clean sheet and Quebec as well, which is a huge confidence booster for the defense, isn't it, Davis? Because, um, what, what that does is, um, defenders and goalkeepers celebrate clean sheets like goals that's their job yeah absolutely I think naturally there was a a bit of apprehension it's fair to say all round when Adrian was named but yeah to be fair he didn't really do anything wrong did he, he made a, a decent save in the first half and even late on there when I think it were, might have been Burke clean through made a decent save as well so didn't do anything wrong I think what I also liked he did, he kept it simple with his feet. Adrian, if you looked, he didn't really try and overcomplicate it, which we knew has been his bit of his issue. Um, Kabak, yeah, absolutely. 
he's young and he's still learning. He's getting used to a, a new league. So you've got to give him a bit of a ch- time, shall we say, to adapt a bit of a chance there. Still maybe makes a few errors, but listen, what, what 20-odd-year-old centre-back doesn't maybe make the odd mistake now and again. Nat Phillips, I'd, I'd also echo what Dave said. He, he's crude, but he's effective. You've got to love it, haven't you? He's got all the look of a Sunday league player, but he's just... As we said, it's a defender playing in defence. That's just what you need at times. And then mm. it just allows midfielders, forwards, etc., just to focus on their roles and what they're doing. I think one thing that I did notice, which did help the defence tonight, early on in possession, I don't know if anyone saw it, he kind of switched to a three, didn't he? He's mm. like in possession, played to a three, Trent on the right side. And that in the first mm. half was almost the, the out ball, so to speak. That would set the attacks going, because if we're honest, you'd probably say... Kabak and Phillips, they're not brilliant, shall we say, with their feet. So there was always that out ball, that option. So I think that little change helped them as well, to be fair. But listen, clean sheet, what more can you ask in all honesty? Absolutely. And everyone's trolling me on here because Dell has kind of changed his name to Dave's. Like, you're such <laughs> idiots. You're such idiots. And, you know, your point about Phillips there, I mean, like, no nonsense. And, you know, uh, you know, this show won't be a show without a TV reference. He could pass off as an extra in The Last Kingdom. With that new haircut, he really reach, could. Good reach. Good reach. Yeah, we're trying. We're going. We're going that extra mile. And you know what? Let me bring in Dell or Dave because he's changed his name. I'm, he, I'm sure he's got something to say. So I'll bring him on. Um, our first caller of the night. You there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound great, Dave. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good. We've conquered all of Sheffield. We never get a stop. From Paris down to Turkey, we won the fucking lot. <laughs> it just feels so good to have the three points in the bag. Um, but one thing I would, yes, sort of, I would like to say is the former Bobby Firmino. He's absolutely shit, isn't he? He's going through some shitty period at the moment. Um, just can't wait till Gidiogo Jota comes back into the team. Um, the amount of chances he fluffed, as in the first half, that one-on-one with uh, Gordon Ramsay in gold. He should have dinked over him instead of that, yeah? So he's doing some sort of pony-ass, yeah, sort of... The bullshit shot at him. It's like, come on, man. You sort of, these are your key times in, yes, in the game. Yes, we, you know, had that gone in, then the floodgates would have definitely reopened. Yeah, you know, we could have been, yeah, sort of like five, six nil, as opposed to uh, a two nil at the, you know, um, you know, it, it's things like this that really annoy the hell out of me of your Bobby Firmino. But aside from that. Curtis Jones had a brilliant game. Eugenie played really well as well, uh, you know, I must admit. Uh, Yamane seems like he was on some just sort of drug today because he was everywhere. Um, but three points, three points. Uh, hopefully by this time next week we'll be, what, two, three points off Yamane United? Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Let's see how that goes. Well, Del, thank you so much for some insight there and, you know, sharing your thoughts. Really appreciate it. We will talk about your points and I think we will have to discuss Roberto Firmino. And um, 
Dave Horrocks, I will come to you first on this one because, um, you know, I was actually watching that and obviously Del was speaking there and, you know, he, he you know, that was a really, really good chance. I think it was about 10 to 12 minutes in. And then in the second half, he should have shot. And we always praise Roberto Firmino about his, um, you know, the fact that he's completely, completely selfless. And, you know, that was the point. That was the moment where he should have been absolutely selfish and not trying to square it to, um, to Sadio Mane. I think it was towards the end of the first half. I mean, I, I remember a quote from Gigi Buffon, who I consider the greatest goalkeeper of all time. And they asked him, which, which striker do you fear? And, you know, this was a time when Serie A had like some of the best strikers, you know, the likes of, you know, Totti's and I know Del Piero was part of his team, but, you know, some of the best strikers you could possibly imagine. And he goes, I fear the one that isn't scoring. And I'm sat there and I'm thinking, he must have it. If he, if this is Serie A, he'd have sleepless nights about Bobby Firmino. I kid you not, because he literally is, um, is like having, I don't know what is going on with him because, you know, sometimes he really appears and, you know, he's everywhere. And then obviously there's confidence with his shooting. I mean, the goal that obviously was gifted to the defender was going wide and, you know, a fortunate deflection that took it in. But what is going on with him? I've seen Bobby play worse this year. I think he's having a a proper season to write off, to be honest. I, I think, for 80 to 90% of the games, he hasn't been at, at the form that we've seen him in previous seasons. You know, when Bobby's playing well, everything seems to pivot around him and he, he just makes everything tick up there. But I thought I thought his overall play wasn't bad today. And even though it's going to go down as an own goal, his touches to lead up to that goal were just Yes, brilliant. this is true. This is yeah, true. Yeah, surrounded by players, and then he worked the position. All right, the shot was going wide, but to get himself in, in that position, I thought he did really well. But I must admit, you know, I, I'm heaping a bit more praise on him than than I would have been, you know, if we'd have recorded this at halftime, because I was as frustrated as Del, sorry, Dave, um, you know, in that first half. And, uh, I mean, the one-on-one was bad enough you know it was a decent save and we were all heaping praise or you know all the commentators heaping praise on the goalkeeper he did play well but they were all very savable shots agreed yeah and I think he he just played it too close to him he could have dinked it over him or, or just put it in the corner he sort of played it too close to him but I think that the second one is even worse because mm-hmm. that that's just for me a player who an instinctive player Thoughtful, admittedly, but quite instinctive, just overthinking it. You know, you you see it from different positions and you're just thinking, just bury it with your left foot and he just, you know, squares it to no one in the end. And it, it just looked worse every time I saw the replay. You think of that quote from the good and the bad and the ugly, don't you? If you're going to shoot, shoot, don't talk. You know yeah. Oh, no, that, that, is a, that is a brilliant one, that, Nina. That is brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think I was getting really frustrated with him. I hope, even though this goal isn't going to go down to him, I, I hope it does kind of kickstart his confidence a little bit, you know, and he can really kick on from here. Because in terms of finishing, you need to be putting those chances away. And I think it, it's good. It, it hasn't cost us today. But I think, you know, it, you know we've got Chelsea coming up on Thursday. We need to be better than that. And I must admit, again, at, at half time, I'm, I've got my head in my hands and I'm thinking, why did we get rid of Taki again? I, you know, he's the one player 
you know, because Joss has been injured, who you would think could be an alternative to Bobby. I know he doesn't have the physical presence, but for me, I, th- I think Bobby's, yeah, he, he needs to take, you know, the occasional game out of the firing line, I think, and just, you know, take a bit of time on the sidelines, watch the game, you know, think about what his game is. It's not cost us, like I say, today, but uh, yeah, I, I'm with Dave there. He was frustrating, definitely, in the first half. He was, absolutely. And, you know, um, just coming to you, um, Dave Davis, and, you know, it's, it's. I think, you know, um, Horrocks has made, um, you know, that sound point of, you know, he is the engine, you know, he's he's the brains behind the, you know, the two pacey men that we've got there and, you know, he's pulling the strings and when he plays well, we play well. And that was certainly an indicator, certainly in Europe, you know, when we went as far as we did and, you know, that season we made it to the final and of course the season that we won it, you know, he, his impact is, uh, you know, it, you, you can't, you can't dispute it. He, you know, he might not have got the goals in the past, um, as the other two did, but you saw the graph that he put in and I just don't know if it's a, a case of, um, maybe the minutes now clocking up on the legs. Yeah, a combination of things, I think, isn't it? Age, he's probably just over the peak, really, isn't it? Like you said, the minutes on the legs. I think the other thing, if you think about how the season's panned out, you've no doubt that, say it's a front four now, really, isn't it, rather than a front three with Jota, there'd have been more rotation. So naturally, Bobby would have been, you know, saved a a bit on the legs, probably maybe brought on as an impact player in certain games. I think... The one thing that you, you've got to just be honest about is, I think it was mentioned there, it wasn't a good save by Ramsdale. It was a poor finish. You just hit it straight at him. Just a bit of composure, the ding. The second one, again, just bury it into the roof of the net. That was almost a, a fear of shooting it came across as. So that is a bit of a worry. In his defence, because you want to you defend a player like Bobby, own goal or not, it did seem to give him a bit of a, a G up. It did seem a bit better, seemed to link quite well, you know, afterwards. But listen, let's all, all you can hope is Jota comes back ASAP and just puts a bit of a, a fire up his arse, so to speak. Just a bit of realisation that there's pressure on. Because I think if we're honest, Taki was mentioned there, but Bobby hasn't been doing it for a while. Let's not lie, Bobby's not been doing it for a while. Yeah, so it was way, way before COVID kicked off, yeah, let's be honest, exactly. you know? And it kind of went hidden because what happened before that period was two of our front men would be amazing, be it a combination of Mo Salah and Bobby Firmino or or Mane and Salah or, you know, Mane and Firmino. But one was allowed to take a bit of a back seat and that was okay. But now we were at that stage this season where none of our front three were scoring and it was quite, well, it was concerning. Let's be honest, we were losing games left, right, centre. Exactly. But then you're also looking and going, OK, Bobby's not doing it. Who's going to come on? Origi? Shat? You look at the bench and there's nothing that really inspires you there, is there, at the same time? So you're thinking you can understand a little bit why. There's no bucket for the backside. Yeah. No, exactly. There's nothing there. Whereas Jota, even Ox is probably with injury, just not come back the same player as a goal threat as well. So you almost felt like Klopp's leaving him on because what are the alternatives realistically? So... Hopefully, a bit of rotation, but I think football's one of those things, isn't it? You, your team's often defined by your number nine. You can play badly, but if your number nine is top class, it hides a multitude of sins, doesn't it, really? And it's just not been happening for Bobby for a while, unfortunately. 
It's not done. David said, I'll stick with you because one thing that I think we all, I, I think, hold on to and clamor on to is the fact that he is able to produce this moment of brilliance. He's yeah. such a smart player. And I think that's what we all bank on because he is literally such an intelligent footballer. He might not be the quickest, but mentally he's so sharp. And, you know, he'll, he'll play a pass and he'll see things that other players don't see. And I think, you know, we've seen it time and time again, season in, season out. And I think that's why maybe Klopp as well probably sees his effort, his energy. He's the first line of defence as well, you know, for most parts. And, you know, we're kind of holding on to, you know, maybe maybe the brilliances of, you know, his, his brilliant efforts from past seasons. And we know that he's got it in him. And Horrocks just kind of spoke about his touches before the, the goal went in. And, you know, the control was pretty incredible. He, he does. Bob, Bobby Firmino this season has been the embodiment of Dolly Parton. Honestly, his ratings are the nine. His rating's either a nine or a five. That's it. This pod is golden. I'm sorry. Like, that's it. It's game over. Drops mic. <laughs> Honestly, the, like you see it, the touches. And I mean, if you could make a YouTube package of Bobby Firmino's highlights, you'd have plenty this season, wouldn't you? Do you remember the layoff for Salah for the Leicester goal? Mm. The Crystal Palace double. That one where he takes it on the run, the no-look finish with the outside of the foot, that's probably the best team goal, the best finish of the season. And then you look and you you reconcile that with the player who, let's be honest, probably chickened out of taking a few shots against Everton, maybe a, a little bit the same as well tonight. It just, it really is one or the other. But the key thing about that is you talk about, he's almost going to become one of those, I'd say mercurial talents, could do it occasionally, but it's not like every other game now with Bobby. Let's not lie, is it? It's maybe a a one in four, one in six. So you know he's got it in his locker. But if you are deadly honest, and listen, football is a ruthless game, especially at the top, all sentiment aside, he doesn't do it consistently at the moment. And that can be, that happens to, you know, players for a multitude of reasons, age, minutes in the legs, etc. So he's got the magic but next season, if he was still one of the, the main men, shall we say, you'd probably be a bit worried if you were honest. Yeah, it's we definitely need reinforcements. And I think that's the only way if you want to be a dynasty. You know, you've got to rest these players, get new, fresh blood in, new ideas. And also new people that believe in, in, in the products that Jurgen Klopp is, you know, essentially selling. You know, somebody fresh to believe it. And I think Jota, you know, did that and does that because he's so fresh and so new that, you know, that whole Klopp sort of motivation is completely new to him. So do you, do you know what I mean? It's, it's a new player buying into an idea. And, you know, it's, I think a fresh mindset and a fresh idea and a fresh person just kind of, you know, spurs things up a little, makes it a little spicy, a little interesting. And I think, you know, it, it be, it's become a bit samey-same. So I do agree with you. And um, Dave Horrocks, I'm going to come to you because one player that I think has kind of taken up the kind of Bobby uh, mantle is, um, of course, um, the, the young Scouser himself, Curtis Jones. Um, talk to me about him because, again, Dell, or should I say Dave, um, pointed out that he had a really, really good game. And, you know, you go back to the West Ham game when he came on as a sub and that's when the goals came, you know. And this kid 
has got so much confidence and you know he was in he scored the goal he was also involved in you know the, the one that uh, they didn't give to Bobby Firmino but I'm just going to say you know our second goal but he looked very bright and I felt like after I think the first 15 minutes it was a bit like oh okay we're, we're kind of finding our feet here I weren't concerned I didn't think oh god the writing's on the wall here but about after 20 minutes I felt like the involvement of his um of him just getting in on the attack and, you know, being full of confidence and, and fearless were definitely a much needed kind of energy that I think the Reds needed. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a few things about Jones, isn't there, that he just defies his age. I have to keep reminding myself about how young he is because he, he doesn't look young. But... I think we've got a lot more out of Jones this year than than I thought we were going to get. His technical ability is so much further advanced than than I thought he'd be. You know, I, I, when you see young players come through, the the ones that burst through at a young age. So take him, say Michael Owen as an example, or or Ryan Giggs or someone like that. It's because of the explosive pace. So you can kind of get away with, you know, if you've got that explosive pace, you you can make an impact quite quickly and very early on in your career. Jones is quick, but it's his close control and skill on the ball that, that is so impressive. And add to that just all the confidence in the world. You know, I, I, there's very few players on that pitch that I would have fancied in that position when he it, it rolled to him. Uh, for the goal to actually pick his spot in the corner of the goal like that that was that was not an, a straightforward finish and with confidence how it's been you can see a lot of players snatching at it and I just think he's he's been fantastic and I, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit you know to the man of the match but I don't think there were many players on the pitch better than him I thought overall I thought our midfield worked really well tonight because we've been, you know, dragging out of our midfield and, and borrowing that, that for the defence, I, I think that's caused us to look a bit imbalanced. But I think with Jones, with Genie, with Thiago, I thought they all interchanged really well. It was possibly helped as well. As uh, as David said, you kind of had Trent almost playing a deeper role and then Robertson pushing up further so it's almost like Robertson was a left winger and so maybe that helped as well with with some of the balance in midfield but no I think Jones just gets better and better for me he's, he he is the real deal by the looks of it and I think you know touch wood hopefully he can steer clear of injuries but you know I, I don't see a ceiling for this lad I'm very very excited about him and you know I think he's coming to this team at the right time David's because there are a lot of experienced players and you know Thiago's certainly one player that he'll certainly use as a mentor you can certainly see that you know um, use him as you know as as the wise oracle in terms of you know spraying those passes but um, uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on this because I did I'd like to get your thoughts on Jones and also um, Horrocks was speaking there and you know he's put and you you mentioned it earlier the fact that we kind of looked like it was like a, a a back three of three and you know all those bodies pushing forward for me helped the urgency of getting the ball moving because uh as much as everyone likes the lord praise and everyone else i'm just gonna say it i think we have been our own demise this season with this slow tepid football that has been totally uninspiring yeah i'd, I'd agree with that bit uh, literally i think 
The one thing that was pleasing is if you look at the pattern recently, it's been the same 4-3-3, the same pattern of football, the same boring stuff, tons of possession, little little actually impetus on moving it forward at speed. Mm-hmm. Not really that great. I think what we like today, and to be fair, we probably expected it a bit because you're thinking, right, come on, it's been eight games since, or sorry, eight days since the Everton game. Bit of time to work on it on the training field, something a bit different. So it was actually good to see that that variation, and it did work quite well. So it's good to see we've maybe moved across from that rigidness of that formation. So that that was really pleasing. No two ways about it. And to be honest, with the the way things have gone this season, we probably need to have a bit of flexibility, don't we? Being able to put five into midfield, shift things around at times as well. It, it's going to be needed. There's no two ways about it. On Curtis, listen, top players have swagger and Curtis Jones has got swagger in absolute bucket loads. There's no two ways about it. They're you know, self-confident, full of belief in his own ability and so he should be. I think the biggest compliment you can play Curtis recently is he seemed to always be coming off in the, it's about the 60th to 70th minute, didn't you? And you're always thinking, why is he coming off? He's been our most, you know, important midfielder, or the one who's looked like he could create something recently. So you've been a bit surprised by that. And to be honest, watching the finish, he should be giving those lessons to Bobby in all honesty, shouldn't he? Just wait for it to trickle back, place it into that side netting absolutely brilliantly. I think the biggest thing we want to see now for Curtis is because of the ability he's got, kick on kick on you want to see him adding more goals adding more assists and you expect it because of the ability that he's got that is really what you want to see but yeah that this sounds really bad the one thing I hope that doesn't happen is he doesn't come into the Euro picture for England because he is that good you almost want him to just have the summer to reset again but the expectations are just nicely creeping along for that lad yeah I don't want him anywhere near England as well I'm sorry Yeah, that's the thing. It's the only worry is that sort of performance keeps putting you in the picture, but hopefully they get distracted with everyone else. But yeah, big big fan of that kid. Big fan. Yeah, I think that the tone was set when he um, uh, scored against them. Um, you know, uh, he was he the one that scored the um, the winning goal against Everton in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the top top yeah and yeah. also scored the winning penalty against Arsenal at Anfield. Yeah. Like, what yeah. a dream for a local lad. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that game was bonkers anyway. I was just laughing all the way through. It was just hilarious. It was actually a game that it looked like Jurgen Klopp wanted to throw away, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know, oh, I think, you know, fixture. Yeah, not another fixture. But, you know, to me, I look at, you know, I look at these youngsters and I think where did they score and what did it mean to them and how have they come about and how have they come on? And, you know, and I actually do remember, like, we saw a lot of Curtis Jones in, you know, during, after we became champions. I think Jurgen Klopp kind of took the shackles off some of these youngsters and said, well, you know, go and play now, you know. I'm, you know, you don't have that pressure. And he was one of those players that was actually shining really brightly. And same goes for Naby Keita as well. You know, when we came back after lockdown, Project Restart, I like to call it, you know, those two players for me were like the ones that I was really keeping an eye on and they looked really impressive to me. We already know what Naby is on about. It's just his injuries that are unfortunate. But with this, with Curtis Jones, it was like, okay, this this boy, this child could be very, very good and watch this space. And, you know, we're seeing it. And like you said, he he's just so confident and you love to see it. And Davis, I'll, I'll stick with you. I mean, let, we've 
let's talk about actually let's go from back to front um let's start with um the defense and the goalkeepers um with the goalkeeper first of all the commentator kept calling um adrian allison which i found really strange i think there was a lot of anxiety when adrian was named on the team sheet like where's kelleher i think that's a natural thought for anyone but he, he he made a few good saves um you know you you have to give him credit and you know i'm not one of these people you might have your personal preferences as to which goalkeeper you like and that's absolutely fine but for me i was delighted for the guy because a clean sheet my god he needs to have his confidence because we don't know how long alison's going to be out yeah i think that that's the key point isn't it he he did everything that was asked of him you can't really ask for any more. He wasn't sort of superb. You almost expected him to make the saves, but still got to do the job. I think the reason, like you said, you wanted to see that is we don't know how long Gallison's going to be away. And obviously with Kelleher being out, you don't know the impact of that as well. So, you know, there's, there's games coming thick and fast, isn't there? Chelsea, Fulham round the corner. So you might well be seeing him in between the sticks a bit more. Personally, as you say, it's probably not what anyone wants, but... It might be the reality of the situation right now. Yeah. So, yeah, did, not not superb, not brilliant, but did the job he was asked for of professionally. Yeah, I think for me as well now, I think a lot of people have the... Because obviously he came, you know, he came on, you know, he he came to Liverpool and he was thrown into the deep end against Norwich City. And then, of course, Alisson got injured. And then he had that run of, like, real good games, didn't he? And then the Atletico Madrid game happened where we would have won that game and a few errors by him kind of cost us that, that tie. Okay. It's okay. You know, it is what it is. And, and, you know, his error set the tone for the absolute thumping against Aston Villa. And I think, you know, a lot of people were kind of holding their breath thinking, Oh God, we really don't have any confidence in this guy. And he has no confidence and the defense have no confidence in him. So, you know, you just want to see him do well because to me, he strikes me as a really nice guy. He seems like a team player. Everything about him seems actually pretty sound. And I actually hated the fact that he went into that big dip of form. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually quite happy. I'm, I'm actually quite made up for the guy. Yeah, he's not my personal favourite. And, you know, and I think that's fine. But he's playing and you want him to do well. And as well, the circumstances in terms of what, what defence we've had to play as well. You know, that centre-back pairing. And what did you make of it? Because I felt like there was a lot of people throwing Kerbak uh, under the bus. And I've, I've seen a lot of this, like, oh, you know, after three games, I think it was after the Everton game, oh, he doesn't look like the real deal to me. And I'm like, are we really going to judge a 20-year-old who has literally just come into the country? It's not even been a month. He's not even settled probably as a person, let alone into this team, in a team that is bereft of any kind of confidence. And you want to single him out as the problem. If you thought that he was going to come in and be your next Virgil van Dijk, you don't know much about football. Yeah, I don't, it's, um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? He's already changing partners, isn't he, with Henderson and Phillips, etc. Different league, different culture, different pace of game, probably. And let's be honest, he's been playing part of a Schalke team that's just been getting pumped every week. So it's not like mm. his confidence is going to be like, strolling, swaggering through the door, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So there's a multitude of factors there. That being said, the only thing that would concern me realistically about him is the the mistakes he made seems to be the same ones, just not quite, I don't know how you put it, smelling the danger, not quite dropping off at the right time. But you have got to give him a bit of a chance to, to sort of get used to the league. The, the problem is... The auditions coming for him thick and fast, yes. isn't it? Right now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That, is, that is the situation. It is what it is, and 
to be honest, there's, I don't really see any point in sort of calling him on things because, let's be honest, what's the alternative in the nicest way? I think yeah. ben, ben, ben Davis, I don't actually know if that's like Kaiser Soze or sort of a coach yeah. or something. No one's actually seen if this guy exists, to be honest. I think I've seen him warm up on the touchline once, literally. Mm. But so who else is the option in the nicest way? Reese Williams, you know, honest, tried his hardest, but this level's just beyond him right now, isn't it? So it's a bit slow, isn't he, for it? Yeah, exactly. It's it is what it is. You've just got to try and ride it out, do as best as possible. And to be honest, at least we played defenders in defence. That was just nice to see for once. Mm-hmm. We, we we can't really do any worse at the moment than what we've got. So why not give them a bit of a shot? Why not give them a chance to try and build a partnership? I think when you're going into another partnership, there was always going to be a few communication issues, naturally. You've then got a brand new keeper as well, so that comes into the mix. It's not like these guys know each other inside out. They're getting used to each other still, aren't they? So give them a bit of time. There's still a few things that you might just think uh, that concerns me a little bit, but it's far too early to be past any judgment on him right now. Far, far too early. Absolutely, and and Horrocks, I'll come to you because I thought he had a really, really good game. I mean, he was it was it was a baptism of fire against Leicester. Let's be honest, you know that that being your first game, you know against the Jamie Vardy, it's a bit you know it's a bit unfair. But you know, played against the team that he's quite comfortable and familiar with uh, in 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 Leipzig, and for me, he was he was my man of the match. I'm not going to lie; I thought he he played really, really well. And then, of course, you know the Everton game, you know one of them kind of things. It happens. I think what we need to do is remember his age, remember that, you know, he's not had a betting in period like most players do and Jurgen Klopp loves that. So, you know, everyone's out of their comfort zone. And you, I think, fully embrace and expect, as, as Davis has just said there, is expect good performances and expect very bad ones. Just be very realistic with him. Yeah, I think he's in an incredibly difficult position. There's not many 20-year-old kids just thrown in at centre-back. I mean, I know Joe Gomez is is young, but you know he got a lot of time on the pitch playing at left back and right yeah. back. You know, and and so he played a lot of games before he he moved into the centre. Um, someone like Jamie Carragher as well spent a lot of time, you know, initially in midfield, but then he was moved to left back for a while before he was eventually moved into the centre. So I can't think of many players who are just thrust in at 20 years old to play at centre-back. You know, and when everyone's fit, at best, he's our fourth-choice centre-back. And now he's expected to be our talisman. (laughs) Um, I I think we just need to keep our expectations in check. I thought he had a, a good game. I, I don't think, did he look like Virgil van Dijk? Well, no, of course he didn't. You know, he did look, he does seem to lose the ball in the air uh, a bit. You know, he's he's trying to You've get got Phillips the... there, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> battering ram. <laughs> he's, he is a battering ram, isn't he? He's like that He-Man cartoon character, Ram Man. He, he just runs through everything. Um <laughs> But no, I think Quebec does look good. And Christ, we, we've loaned him for like two million quid. You know, it's, it, it, he's bloody good value for that. Whether we take him on after that, who knows? But he's the one wearing the shirt right now. So I, I, I think people should just get behind him and support him and appreciate, you know, that, that he is a young lad. I was saying about Curtis Jones and how, you know, he's been 
way better than his age suggests he should be. I think centre back is a is it an even harder position to play when you're at that young age because you know one mistake usually provides to be you know fairly costly. So yeah, I, I've look we've got a clean sheet. I think he looks decent. Hopefully he can stay fit. Um, I'd like to see him and Nat Phillips given a run of games now. I know Phillips thrives in, in games more like, you know, against the likes of Sheffield United. But, uh, you know, I, I think these two are the best that we've got now. And again, I want to echo what uh, David Davis has said there, that I, I want to shout out for Adrian as well, because he went such through, he went such a, through a torrid time, yeah. um, you know, in that real dip. And like what you said, Nina, it felt pretty horrible for him, didn't it? it you could just tell that the confidence had flushed out of him. He was keeping it all simple tonight, but there was a moment in the second half where he came, you know, halfway out of, into our own half to clear the ball. And I don't think I've seen him do that before. He, he's usually a bit more conservative and hanging mm-hmm. back. So I don't know if that's something specifically he's been working on, because that's what we associate more with the likes of Allison. So, yeah. yeah really pleased with with how the defense operated tonight absolutely and i think another confidence booster will be for both them you know Quebec and phillips if, if this is our center back you know pairing going forward i think because we all agree we just want defenders to play in defense and let's not hinder that midfield and i think once the likes of a fabinho once he's fit and healthy shielding them it's just going to be a massive confidence booster as well because, you know, that will again, you know, take a lot of pressure off the defence as well, knowing that they've got him, you know, that's the first line of defence before you come anywhere near us. And, you know, we all know he's got like these unmanageable limbs that make him like, I don't know, um, cover that pitch like, I don't know what, you know. So, you know, again, that's a positive as well. Once we actually have a fully functioning midfield, that will actually aid that defence as well. And, you know, for me, all them things are positives, you know. So, yeah, I'm I'm very happy for, for the defence. And, um, Davis, I'll, I'll come to you. I mean, talk to me about the midfield combo because, you know, I feel like Ginny Van Alden, and I think Dell spoke about him as well, had a really good game. And I have to agree. I mean, usually a lot of people will talk about um, Ginny Wijnaldum like he's a bit of an enigma. Like, what does he do? We don't really, you know, like all he does, you know, like they, they, they want some extravagant things from midfielders. And he usually probably won't do that because he's tidying up things. He's recycling the ball. But when he's sort of, and he's looked a bit jaded and tired, and that's understandable because he he's always fit. And he's always available to play. But today, for me, I felt like I noticed his presence. I noticed him kind of tidying up things. You know, at one point, he even got in on goal as well. You know, probably thought he was playing for Holland. But for me, he had a really, really positive game. And, you know, the the balance between him and Thiago and Jones was quite nice today. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the biggest thing about Ginny recently, he's been playing almost that, that six role. Out yes. Of necessity, out of necessity, because we haven't really got anyone else. We've always had a physical player in there so we've just needed him and he can play it he has got the ability but it's not his best role his yeah. best role is always normally for us it's like you said it's that number eight role it's the recycling retention and I think the biggest thing you saw tonight which it kind of suited him well is he drove from deep actually mm. Genie does carry the ball really well at pace and can move us up the field really quickly at times and you saw that so often that's those are the listen those are the best elements to his game aren't they 
the ball retention, the driving from deep and the distance covered. That's what Ginny's about. I mean, for some reason, there's a different lad that turns up in a Holland shirt and a number 10 who just sticks everything in the net. It's just a different player, I'm pretty sure. But at the same time, for us, it's a different role and he's been really effective. He's he's not been great week in, week out, but I think you've got to give him some you know, mitigation there. He has been the one turning up every week, playing pretty much every minute. I'm mm. sure he's absolutely knackered. Also, the, the midfield's also been chopping and changing, hasn't it, with Hendo yeah. in, Fabinho in, that type of thing. Thiago's had a bit of an adaptation period. The three, then it changed again tonight. So he's he's not been brilliant all season, but let, who has? Let's look at our season. Who really has in all honesty? So you've got to give him credit. And tonight was his best game for a long, long time. No doubts about that. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And um, Dave Horrocks, I'll, I'll come to you. I mean, talk to me about the midfield. I think you kind of spoke about that, um, the fact that the midfield worked really well today and you were quite happy with them. And, you know, there seemed to be a nice balance. And, you know, um, I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on, you know, just, um, you know, I, I think, you know, Jones, we spoke about him at length and, you know, we praised him, but it must you know, to have the likes of like a Ginny Wijnaldum there and a, a Thiago, it must be great to be a youngster having them two guys with you. <laughs> Definitely. And and I think it was slightly tongue-in-cheek. There was some chat going on a, a little bit earlier in the in Discord that, you know, he reminds us of a, of a Zidane um, or a Kaka. And actually, you know what, as ridiculous as it might sound... Zidane was a big guy, but he had unbelievable control. And yes. I think Curtis Jones, if he can carry on the trajectory that that he's on, I'm not saying he, he can get to Zidane levels, but yeah, I can see what you mean. He, he does kind of have that, some of those traits and, and you know, that'd be brilliant if he could get anywhere near to those levels. Um yeah, I, I echo what you were saying, though, about, about Genie. I thought it probably was his best game for a while. I do think he's he's his best for us when he's kind of the glue in the midfield. You know, he just kind of keeps things ticking over. One of the things I, I think he does really well is just break the press. You know, so you see when space is being closed down and, you know, closing off all the different passing lanes and what have you, He's got that awareness and the control and the pace to just break that press and then set us off. And I think it was it was a couple of games ago where he runs halfway up the pitch, but then he sort of wanders back and passes it backwards, and we end up. His strength is massively keeper. underrated as well, isn't it? His strength when he's on the ball, he's hard to shake off. Yeah, and and the fact is, he's turned up every week for us. Mm. You know, so and and. I, you wouldn't blame him as well with his whole contract situation. He doesn't go out there to think, oh, I'm going to play a little bit of a less intensity today. But you imagine it does get in your head, just the uncertainty, you know, what country am I going to be living in, you know, in a few months and what have you. So I don't know. I, I, I hope this is, you know, again, the start of a little bit of form for Genie because, I, again, I think he's he's another one like Bobby. I think when Genie plays well... The whole team generally plays well. Mm. And so, yeah, I just think they, they all worked well. I thought Thiago did did really well. I can't actually think of many, you know, Hollywood passes or, you know, something specific. But I think all three of them just operated really well together. And, you know, again, 
with having to borrow from midfield into defence and everything, you just lose that cohesion, don't you? When you're playing with a, a different three in midfield almost every week, hopefully this is the start of, uh, you know, getting that cohesion. And, and again, it's it's more of a, it's a better team when we've got more of the ball. I think it's going to be interesting on Thursday against Chelsea because, you know, I expect them to press us a bit harder. I expect them to have a little bit more of the ball as well. And so I think the midfield three we had today is a really good in-possession team. Um, again, you'd, you'd long him for Fabinho to, you know, you just wish he could be in the middle for Thursday. But uh, we'll see how that goes. We will see how that goes. And Dell has just put in a tweet here from James Knowlton and Curtis Jones to Sky. I'd like to take the the time to say that that this goal is for Ali's dad, actually. If Ali sees this, this one's for you, bro. Um, really nice, classy lad. You know, wonderful. Three and think, oh, you're disappointing me or you're disappointing me. I mean, that... I think it was a, was it the first half when Morsala kind of turns and shoots? And of course, um, I think the defender or the goalkeeper gets in the way of it. But, you know, there was movement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that for me, that was really, really pleasing. There was like, like I don't know, intensity and getting yeah. into good places. I think there was. There was more of an intensity today. So we've been having to suffer for a couple of months now, this almost pedestrian this laborious kind of build-up play and keeping the ball and then working it from right to left left to right and not really attacking with intent whereas I think we had a lot of that today we spoke about Bobby being a bit frustrating with his finishing but I think on the ball and his overall play wasn't bad um down each wing, I thought I thought both Mo and Mane both you know looked pretty good. I think the the chance for Salah was was when the keeper uh, Ramsdale made a save with his legs, where he kind of left Jagielka. Um, but the, to be fair, I think he did well to keep Salah wide there. Um, but no, I, and I, I was gutted as well because Mane scored that goal, didn't he? That that mm. was rightly offside for a change. Um, but it was a great finish, and and at that moment, I thought if that had gone in, it just it almost felt like we were back. And even having it ruled out, you could see there was kind of a big smile on his face, and we haven't really seen that for a while now. And so, yeah, I'm again. I just hope this is uh, this is the start of turning the corner, and we can really push on from here. We've got a really, really tough march coming up. But at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't too long ago that we looked untouchable. And so, you know, we shouldn't have any fear going into that. But to to do well uh, in these next few matches, we do, we do need that front three plus Jota to be uh, clicking into gear. And, and yeah, they looked up for the fight today. They did look up for the fight. And... Um... Davis, I will come to you. Talk to me about the front three because, you know, there's been a lot of concerns that they're not scoring, not scored since open play. I think, you know, the Man City penalty was uh, Mo Salah's last goal in God knows how long, you know, um, scary, scary stuff. Um, but today they all look very much up for it. And we keep saying, oh, they're, they're back, they're back, they're back. But they, I just believe that if the front three just get a run of like maybe two or three games, I think the confidence, I think the confidence becomes unshakable again. Yeah, you hope they kind of get a few goals and it just triggers a run more than anything. I mm. think 
what was interesting tonight was you probably noticed that he put Mane right up top, didn't he? Right in the centre, almost dropped Firmino behind him as opposed to Mane being on the left where it's been the same old, same old for the last few weeks. So that was interesting. I think it actually, if you think about Firmino's chances as well, it was coming onto, onto that. I think it a bit of a fortuitous break, but it was coming from deep when the ball's going up to Mane. So that worked quite well. Salah... Salah, Salah, he always has chances every game, doesn't he? Even against Everton, he had there. Davis, death taxes and Oli and Mo Salah Exactly. (laughs) That's just life, isn't it? How does that start with only Mo Salah? Honestly, when's that lad ever going to get the respect he deserves? But that is a different thing altogether. But he literally had a chance again as well, like you said, when he he left Jagielka. Mane... At least he was involved. It's it's not quite clicking for Mane. There's no two ways about it. I think the most telling stat is I think he's only got two more goals than Jota. And how yeah. long has Jota been out? In all honesty, it has been telling. There's no two ways. Just the form's kind of nosedived off a cliff, and that's part of the story of our season. Because last season, if it wasn't Salah, it was Mane, yes. wasn't it? You expected them to to do something. It's just not happened for him really this season. But Fingers crossed. Listen, and we, we talk about front three, but we need to have it in terms of a front four, didn't we? Because that's what was happening earlier in the season. So hopefully with Jota coming back, that does spark the other three, in all honesty. And let's just hope they all get on a bit of a goal rush because that's what we're going to need now till the end of the season if it's going to work out, isn't it? We can't just be relying on Salah week after week. It has to be the others coming to the party too. Absolutely think, agree with you. Go on. I think Mane could have had a couple of penalties today as well, you know. I he think... could have had a, a couple of penalties all season. How many times does he get manhandled? It's actually quite disgusting. Well, yeah. there, there was the Bobby goal. So, okay, we scored. And so it, it didn't really matter in the end. And then he got clipped late on in the match. And I, he, he stayed up. He didn't even, you know, wobble or, or throw himself to the floor or anything. The commentator was saying, oh, it's great to see strikers stay on their feet. And then the other guy's like, well, if he'd have gone down, wouldn't he have got a penalty? And I'm thinking, he's probably stayed on his feet because he knows, well, I don't get shit. You know, there's no point me going down because I never get a penalty. But I, I think there's something not quite right there. I think any other, you know, Harry Kane, he'd have been down and he'd have got a penalty. You give and Harry think... Kane a dirty look, you get sent off and yeah. you can see the penalty. You just got to give him the sly eye. It's embarrassing. <laughs> So I, I think there's still, I, I moaned in the in the last show about, you know, that there, there is this, maybe it's an unconscious bias, um, but we're still not getting the decisions that I think we should do. And so, yeah, I, 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 again, I think it's not been working for Mane, but he's, he's always a threat. And, um, you know, it's, it's a good point as well that, you know, Robertson playing it a lot further up in... in uh, in the midfield and, and attack possibly created more space for other players as well because they have to worry about him. Um, probably the only person who's not worried about Robertson in the box is me because when I'm sat at home, I'm just thinking, yeah, he's, he's, there's no way he's scoring that. <laughs> I, think, I think if Robertson could actually shoot uh, and not lean backwards and slice it over the bar every time, he'd, he'd, be, uh, he'd be unplayable, but... Yeah, Watch so, him now score an absolute worldie and you have to eat I, your I words. I hope so. There I will guess. be no one more happy more happier, than me. Yeah. 
<laughs> but what, what do you guys reckon to that? You know, the way he reacted, the way he completely didn't go down at all uh, for that possible penalty. Happy I think... it didn't matter, to be honest. Yeah. If, it, if it was a nil-nil, I'd have been going in absolutely mental, in all honesty. But it's like, it's like you say, it just seems to be the way with Mane. If, if, he, if he'd have gone down, he'd have probably got criticised, wouldn't he? But at the same time, he would have got a pen. So... I, I I generally don't care if that type of foul go down. There's diving and then there's going down under contact. They're different things completely. So should have gone down for me, but that's a different story. But I when, agree. When it's an English player, it's kind of like, uh, or he's used his experience there. You know, you even see, say, some someone like Pogba, you know, or, or Kane in particular, he's the worst. He just sticks out his foot and moves it towards the defender to make sure that there's contact. You know, I, I, for me, again, it, it clearly wasn't enough contact to take him down. But how much is when, you know, with 90% of the penalties that you see in the Premier League? Yeah. On, about on you guys, side, I just don't know anything about penalties and rules anymore. You know, things that were given at the beginning of the season are not being given now. The inconsistency and the discrepancies are just too much that you just sat there and you're thinking, well, to me, when I used to watch football, it w- it was about intent. And, you know, even the handball rule, it was, it was a hand to ball, which meant it was, it was, it was a handball, which meant it was a penalty. And now if the ball just bounces up and ricochets and hits your hand, oh, your hand's in an unnatural position. How do you know that? How do you know it's in an unnatural position? His hand's there, the ball bounced up and it hit him and you're going to give a penalty. And I've seen those given. The Premier League now, with refing, is just like an old Little Britain sketch, isn't it now? It's just a joke. It really is. It's just like... Welcome to the Premier League, where no one really knows the rules, but it's awfully exciting, isn't it, in all honesty? Because you just don't know what's going to get given, which I'm not being funny if you saw Lee Mason's meltdown as well yesterday. It's, <laughs> it's just, honestly, I don't really think, in all honesty, anyone hand on heart says, I know what's a penalty, I know what's an offside. You just As, do you, don't do you, know. Yeah, do you remember when we played the World Cup um Sorry, the World Club Cup final. And mm-hmm. I think it was a Qatari referee. And I think we had a penalty shout. And he went to look at it at the screen. He gave a penalty, but they said, come back, you know, have a look at it or whatever. He went to go and have a look at it. And it was a penalty. There was contact. I can't think which play it was. It was a final. And he then decided not to give a penalty and decided to give a free kick. Yeah. And yeah, to me, yeah. that is the epitome of the Premier League this season. I thought, what on earth is going on here? But I'm seeing it week in, week out. Well, to be fair, Qatar aren't known for their footballing prowess. Exactly, you know, exactly, in the, exactly. In the world. You know, I, and I just thought to myself, please, like, if the World, the world Cup was going to be in Qatar, you best not be an official because you're a bit dreadful. But <laughs> look at the Premier League. Oh, my God. But, but the English referees are just as crap. Yes. I mean, that, that thing yesterday uh, with mate Lee Mason, I, I, it was just horrendous what he was doing there. But we've been stiffed, you know, many times this, this season. And I just think that, I can't remember who said it, but, you know, obviously at the at the last World Cup, there were no English referees. Suness, I think, yes. Suness goes, they're absolutely dreadful. Yeah, they, that's not by accident. That's because they're shit. And they're not held to account either. So how do you expect them to improve? So, exactly. yeah. And you look at it tonight, I'm not being funny. John Moss was like, 
a PE teacher should have been pensioned off about 20 years ago. He's not in shape. He can't keep up. It's just, it's, it's the biggest league in the world. He's got all that money. And that's the standard of refereeing. Yeah. That says I, it all. Mm, I, I have to agree with you. Like, literally, um, it's, it's bad. And, yep, I, I think he does his bleep tests online. There's no way on earth he physically does it. Not a chance in hell. Um, Dave Davis, I'm going to come to you because, you know, we spoke about Curtis Jones and he looked dead exciting, but obviously he got subbed off. I mean, Klopp made some subs. The Milner one, a bit of experience, brings him on. And then he brings on uh, Naby Keita. What did you make of uh, Naby Keita? Because I think we're all... We all really like him. We all know what he offers. He's he's a quality footballer, and it's it's the injuries that has for me has kind of stalled his time at Liverpool. But he come on today, and I think it was such a breath of fresh air seeing him on. Um, you know the fact that you know Curtis Jones came off, and it wasn't a case of oh, um, you know, uh, a, a kind of samey samey kind of midfield where it's quite defensive. But you know, Naby Keita comes on, and he's he's passing that ball really well. He's dribbling. He's he's adventurous. And I think that is going to be very, very crucial in this part of the season where we are going to be fighting tooth and nail for top four. The fact that you could possibly bring on one and take off the other and you probably won't notice a drop off in terms of the output, in terms of what each player offers. It's almost like a like for likeness. Yeah, there's there's that thing with Naby Keita. It's you have to temper everything because it seems like his body's made of quavers half the time, doesn't it? So you just have to keep that sort of International breaks coming up as well. Can we not send yeah. him, please? Because we all yeah. know what happens. Exactly. Like, it'd just be madness. But literally, it, as you said, it's never been any doubt about... He, he's not been a world beater, but there's been flashes there many a time, so you're excited. And he came on tonight, and they did that. It's kind of, you know, the step over and driven through, and you're like, yeah, sexy time. We're on now, in all honesty. <laughs> and you're thinking, brilliant. Here's going to, you know, a bit of a cameo, knocking it around nicely. No issues at all. The problem is, be honest, would you bet any money that he's going to be available for the next three games in a row? That's the honest question, isn't it, realistically? You've got, if he stays fit till now and the end of the season, and that is the biggest if going, then you'd be excited. Like, yeah, we've got a genuine option to, like you say, rotate, bring someone off from the bench at times as well. But it's a big if, isn't it? Let's be honest. So I'd kind of, I'll get a bit more excited about Navi if we can see a run of games put together, a run of minutes put together. I do think he does have it in him, though, because we did have a run of games with him, um, Dave Horrocks, when, you know, when the Project Restart happened and we thought, ooh, have we got him back now? And then another injury. Yeah, and if I remember, it was just after the international break, wasn't it, where he played two games in in a week? Yeah. And so you're sort of thinking, well, I know he's had his injury problems, but... Sometimes you just you are asking for those injury problems as well. I did see a tweet. I, I can't remember who put it out, but during, it was during the match, and I think it was. In fact, it must have been quite early on, and <laughs> with all of the injuries that we seem to sustain, actually in training, so not even in a match. Someone was saying, "What the fuck do we do? Do we do we do MMA in training or something?" <laughs> you know. But I'm actually hopeful. I mean, earlier in the season, like when he got injured the last time, I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because you can see he's that good. You know, mediocre players get injured and you're not Crystal bothered. Palace game, man. He, he, he ran that show. Oh, he was brilliant. And then he goes off and just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Robbed again 
But I just hope they've taken their time with him now, so they've not rushed him back early. You know, we've seen him for weeks collecting the balls and stuff, so he's been putting his time on the Mate. training pitch. Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ted Lasso's got him out there, collecting all the balls and everything. Starting, he's going back to basics. So it was great to see him get a few minutes. I hope, you know, against Chelsea, I hope he gets a few minutes, maybe a little cameo again, and we can build him up. Um, like I say, the, the wild card in this is the international break again. So uh, hopefully he doesn't have to play too much there. But yeah, I, I wouldn't put any money on it, you know, in playing uh, many games in a row. But I just hope, I'm hopeful more than expectant that because they've taken their time with him, you know, they'll have worked on his, on his uh, injuries and building him back up again that... You know, we're going to see him now. And all right, anyone can miss the odd game, apart from Genie, of course. Um, so hopefully we're going to see him in more games than we're not this year now. I kind of wish the fitness team and Klopp were a bit dishonest and said, not going to be fit till, like, you know, after international break. But obviously we need him, so what do you do? You're screwed either way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you have to kind of, you know, put him out there. But... I, I thought he did really well today. You know, he came on and instantly just kind of made an impact. And, you know, sometimes what happens is we make these substitutions, certainly this season, and you instantly know that hang on a minute. It has been a drop off in quality. And a little point here from um, Dave, oh, another Dave, really? Dave, Steve W, I think they're all just taking a piss at me. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're all just like trolling me right now. But he goes, I'd be happy if we just kind of saved Naby Keita for Champions League football. So kind of managing his minutes. And guys, what do you make of that? Dave, I'll come to you first. Yeah. I, the, the thing is, the Champions League, there's a, there's a big gaps to it. So how are you going to really get him into a, a rhythm? I think that's the big thing for Naby is... As much as he can be a break, well, breakdown, shall we say, or have issues, he needs rhythm. Of, he needs rhythm, doesn't he? He needs yeah. games, he needs minutes. Like in the Champions League, going to be big gaps. I mean, there's look at the second leg. There's been three weeks, isn't it, between it? So it's going to be the same again, isn't it? So he's not really going to get into any sort of swing of things. So I get the point because he is a good player, but it's not going to be conducive to getting him back to how you want him to be. I think then. Um, uh... Dave Horrocks, I'll come to you. I'd like to get your thoughts on that for Champions League football. So, if if we rhythm, if we need rhythm from him, is it a case of just managing his minutes, like properly managing his minutes in the league, like play him one game and then give him a a, a game off? Yeah, I, I think earlier on in the season, you know, pre Christmas, it, it was fairly brutal, wasn't it? I mean, it was. Oh, it's harsh. It was a game at the weekend, a game in midweek, every week, and it was relentless. And, you know, when you play the game at the pace that our players do, it just takes its toll on, on your body. So I, I think I, I get the essence of what Dave is saying. <laughs> Dave, Steve. Um, but, yeah, I, I, and I agree with that. Let's manage his minutes. Let's make sure he's not playing on a Saturday and then a Wednesday or, or whatever it is. One game a week is probably enough right now. Um, but again, I, I make the point, you know, in that Palace game, he, he was in the red zone. He, he was almost expected to break down. So after, you know, the international break. So I, again, hopeful we can manage his minutes. That doesn't mean putting him completely in cotton wool. Um, but yeah, probably a game a week is, is enough for him, at least for the next month, I'd say. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. Right, well, it'll be very, very interesting, guys. Any final closure? You, you know, anything you'd like to get off your chest about about this game? Uh, before we kind of close this pod off and name our man of the match. Um, Dave Davis, I'll come to you. Anything from the game that you feel like needs highlighting or mentioning or something you just want to get off your chest? Because this pod is all about closure. You speak about it and then you're done. Yeah, it was nice to win again. That was nice. That's the most obvious thing. But it, it's a stepping stone. That's all it is. We need to make sure we don't overreact because there's been quite a few false doors in yes. recent times, hasn't there? Let's be honest. And there's two big games coming up now against Chelsea and Fulham in the league. And if we don't get the results, it's all a bit of a non-event really, isn't it? So it's a good stepping stone, but we've just got to make sure we don't get carried away. That being said, though, it was good hearing Klopp talking about Fabinho, Alisson, probably Jota likely to be available against Chelsea. So hopefully this is now the time when those players, Nabis, Milner dear God, we could actually be able to rotate players. Do you know what I mean? That would be something the luxury. season. So that'd just be something a bit weird in all honesty, like actually talking about rotation. So fingers crossed we're having that discussion as well. Absolutely. And that's why Sam Evans isn't on this pod. He was sat with a bib on, you know, just waiting that he might have to be called on as a centre-back, literally. You know, um, <laughs> Dave Horrocks, I'll, I'll come to you. I mean, you know, share with me any points any closure anything you want to get off your chest yeah I agree I mean we we shouldn't get carried away this team had lost 20 games out of 25 coming into this in the league so you know it was there for the taking but we had to step up and I felt regardless of the goals and the fact that we won just the intensity of the play seemed to be back tonight Mm -hmm. so I think even more than the goals and the results I, I think just the way that we played uh, gives us more cause for optimism. I think, um, you know, the, obviously if we'd have lost, probably I, I wouldn't be saying that, but you know what I mean. Yes. Um, the one thing I'd say is I, I still think VAR sucks the, the life out of the game. When we scored that uh, uh, first goal, I was convinced it was going to get chalked off. So I didn't celebrate it because it looked to me like when, when Trent works works the ball down the right there it looks to me like the whole ball is over the line and I think someone put it in the chat a little bit earlier Um, it depends which camera angle you look at but it looks to me like the whole ball is over now they showed on the tv and you know it looked like the whole ball hadn't crossed the line but um manipulating images you know I'm just playing yeah I mean it seemed to go for us tonight you know, they were saying on the commentary that maybe without VAR, that would have got chalked off. I don't know if I buy it. But if that's the case, you know, we're owed a lot. We've got a lot in the fucking VAR bank to, to get back <laughs> some of the shit decisions that we've had. But, um, but yeah, so again, I'm looking at, I've brought it up now. I don't know if you can see it in the chat. That looks to me over the line, but uh, glad it wasn't. So, yeah, no, just really, really happy with the win. Lots of calls for optimism. We've got players coming back. We've got a massive game on Thursday. And, uh, yeah, up the Reds, as, as you say, Nina. Absolutely right, guys. Man of the match. And Dave Davis, because you are a new panellist, I will let you have first dibs. Um, Curtis, for the goal and overall performance, run very, very close by Ginny. Okay, don't get greedy. Pick one. 
Curtis then. Curtis. Nice. Nice, nice. Okay, um, Del Singh and Bobby Firmino, man of match. You're going to get a smack in a minute. You know, no, it was one of those games. This is the scary thing, right? When we actually play well, I, I find it very hard to kind of put a player under the microscope, given the circumstances. Um, that it's, it's just a strange, strange season. Um, Dave Horrocks, you, who is your man of the match? You kind of alluded to it, so I kind of know where you're going to go, and I don't blame you, because I thought he played really well. Nat Phillips. No. Uh, yeah, you're right. So it's Curtis Jones in it. So mm. I think a lot of the players on the pitch, again, played really well tonight. I think Jeannie played well. I thought Thiago played well. The front three played well. Bobby, apart from, you know, some of his finishing. But, you know, in those important moments in the match, you know, Curtis Jones really stepped up. It, it was a great finish for for the first goal. The weight of his pass to Bobby, you know, mm. Bobby still had a lot to do, but the weight of the pass from yes. Jones to Bobby was absolutely perfect as well. So in those big moments, he had a big hand in, in both of those. So for that, it's Curtis Jones for me. I love it. Yep. Full house here. It's Curtis Jones. Right, guys, thank you so much for listening. A massive thank you to Dell and everyone that joined us live and has kind of been contributing in the chat box. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, before I let my excellent panel go, um, let's get some plugs. Um, Dave Horrocks, where can people find you on Twitter and work as well? Because obviously you have an exciting pod now, which we've taken care of. So thank you very much for that, first of all, Nina. So on the Anfield Index, you can get us on uh, where we once watched. So we've got the one episode out at the minute, and that's where we go back to the 1988 game, Liverpool against Nottingham Forest, where mm-hmm. we gave him an, an absolute masterclass. So it ended up 5-0, and myself and my co-hosts, we basically go through and we watch the match in real time. And it's really interesting to go back and just, you know, you don't typically go back and watch these whole matches. So that's been a lot of fun. So if you care to have a listen to that, and uh, reminisce over some real football, none of this VAR crap. Um, you can also get me at the VHS Strikes Back as well for some retro movie reviews and also Comics in Motion as well. Wonderful. And your Twitter handle is? Raging Bass UK. Not hey. Raging Bass. It's not a fish thing. It's a guitar thing. <laughs> thank you for clearing that up because that's what i used to call it not gonna lie oh, i'm messing i'm messing although you would not put anything past me and butchering of names and dave davis where can people find you on twitter and what would you like to plug if there's anything you'd like to plug nothing really to plug too much probably most people will see me articles on anfield index anyway so i do the the odd article sometimes stand in for sam Maguire if he's not always available for the the daily ones, but if you want to find me at Twitter, it's Dave D O one O six. Nice. Give both of these guys a follow. And um I just want to say as well, Dave, you were I mean, Horrocks is is great. He, I don't need to praise him, but thank you so much for joining us. I think you've been really great. Been uh it's you know a pod a podcast and a full podcast, it's it's not easy. Certainly with me as a host. So I think you did really well. I'm just gonna put that out there. Right, guys, that is the end of this show. I'm just really happy that we won. It's nice that I can come on here and be positive. I hope you enjoyed the result. I hope you enjoy the you know the rest of your week. And hopefully on Thursday, it's another positive result. I will be back with another podcast as usual. But take care. Look after yourselves. And until next time, up the reds.
Social Podcast Network.